Yo, yo. Yo, yo. We back at it. Tinker Toys. We back up in this mug. Are we talking about kids' toys again? Tinker Toys. <laughs> Were we doing that? Yo, yo. Oh, yo, yo, yo. You, you did wow. it again. Wow, wow. Wow, wow. What is up? So Casey's, up, world? Casey's not with us. Um, he likes to uh, to work. He and likes so, to make so money. He's, so he's working. I mean, he likes to make money. And as he, long as he's tithing that money, that's right. all that matters. Uh, well, so. I mean, he probably doesn't do that either. And he's so. been a Christian long enough, so he better be up in the 20%. <laughs> you know, We don't want that 10% stuff out of here. Get that low stuff out of here. We're talking about bringing first fruits, son. Churches barely first fruits? can barely exist on 10%. What do you... I mean, come on now. Well. Anyways. Judge not, lest ye be judged. Yeah, lest you be... Christopher. Yep. yep. So we, we love Casey. We miss him. I do um, miss you, Casey. I miss yeah. him talking about hams, whole hams, honey hams. I miss your laugh. Salted hugs. I miss your hams. musk. <laughs> I miss your smile. Casey just brings the chill. Casey does bring the chill. We're not so chill all the time. No. He, he brings the chill. I'm always leaning in on his every word because he's always he's just talking like this dog, and sometimes he's he's in there. He's talking about spirit doing the spirit movement. Well, he talks just, real low, and then you can't freaking understand what he's saying. <laughs> then I have to like blast him on. <laughs> Anyways, at so as a presence on the podcast, yes, he's very chill, but in the sound editing situation where I'm having to deal with the dynamics of his voice, it's not the greatest. I'm sorry, I don't do anything for this <clears throat> podcast except show up. You do everything. That's not true. Yeah. So, man, it's what's pretty new? true. What's new in your world? <clears throat> what's cracking? Uh, we had a fire the other night. Yeah, the firewood was crack-a-lacking. Yeah, that fire sucked. It was crackling. It, it was a suck. terrible fire. So we did have a fire the other night. Chris, you really love your firesides. Dude, I love having a, a fire and sitting around and just having good conversation. It was actually starting to get cool now, so it's like, it's the right time to do it. That's true. Yep. Hey, I just want to let you know that we actually go live on Facebook when we do our recording. Yeah. And so we just had a comment that's kind of fun. Uh, Pam is with her husband, Jared, and she says, it's a salty dog date night. So they are having a date night watching the salty dogs live recording on Facebook. I'm going to tell Larry, we, Larry and I were to have, talking about having a date night. Uh-huh. I think we're going to do that this Friday. <laughs> you watch the hey, salty do you want to watch a conversation that I had watch, with Jason? Do you want to watch the Salty Dogs replay? I, she, okay, she has never listened to one episode of the podcast. She hasn't? No, which I don't blame oh, her. Oh, well, that's fine. She's not a podcast yeah. person. That's okay. She's actually not a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> because she doesn't. <laughs> I'm uh, kidding. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior? Yes. If Have you, you do ever watch this, listen, listen to, to Salty, Dogs, Salty podcast. Dogs podcast. No. Well, repent and thou shalt be saved mm, into the kingdom. So some some fun stuff around the fire the other night. We talked um, about you so getting here, rid of some junk out of your life. Well, here's what I wanted to talk about before we talk about that. Um, I brought up the idea of like authenticity. Like when I get oh, around, yeah. when so your family obviously, mm-hmm. you've seen every dark side of me, but you've also seen that was all, my favorite part of the fire is like reminiscing about your life, my dark side, <laughs> your when I sinful life, when I went Anakin all my life and I slayed the younglings. <laughs> you slayed all the younglings, I slayed the younglings in my life because <laughs> I went Anakin uh, in the dark side. So I uh, was Obi Wan in your life. You remember? You were. We talked about that. I sat you down one time come, and I was like, Jason, what are you doing with your life? Come back to the light, Jason. Come back to church. This isn't you, Anakin. I'm I mean, in, Jason. I'm in youth group. You were like actually quoting verbatim the Obi-Wan. the script from the movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Trying Episode to get me. Three. Yeah. And and I was like, wow, Christopher's work. really poetic. But yeah, it didn't work. No, didn't work for sure Anakin. Didn't. But the Lord worked in my life and brought me back. But yep. um, so we we're just talking about this idea of authenticity and vulnerability. 
and how like even on the podcast, you know, we it I I hate to say that there are people in my life that get kind of a real me and then there are people in my life that get a different me. And then there are people that get Pastor Jason. And the, and the reason I say that it I think I think it has to do with fear. Like mm. fear of rejection from people. So like there are certain things I'll say uh, I don't know. It's just like a filter. Does that make sense? Well, it's like you got your guard up. Yeah, there's it's a like guard. you really like right. you can't let that wall down. Yeah, there's but yeah, that's kind of I don't know. What do you so think who, about that? So like, how is, is it? Who is the real you? <laughs> who is the real you? The real me? Yeah. So like, what 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 don't you do? Uh, I don't know, man. That's a hard question to ask because now you're asking me me to be the real me right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so No, so, I get it. I so mean, I, I'll answer that. I'll be the real me. Yeah, I'm, go as, for I'm it. as real as they get. What is that? I'm not that real. Um, no, man, I get that. I feel that. And I was even talking about social media, like how, you know, I um, I have like a social media account for my Instagram, um, Instagram account for my photography business. Oh, right, right. But I feel like all it is, like it's... <laughs> It's just showing highlights, like it's showing beautiful pictures of people's wedding days, and and I don't know, it just feels like that's all wedding people do in the wedding industry is they just show, like there's nothing real that's being said, it's just always like, oh, look at these beautiful photos, but no one's really talking about anything that's going on in their life, and so I'm just kind of over this... I don't know. I just want to talk about real stuff and, and stuff that really matters and not just, you know, like the conversations that you have with someone when you haven't seen them in a while and you're like, hey, what's up? It's They're surface. Like, How's it going? Oh, it's good. But yeah. even people that you see often where it feels like it shouldn't be surface, yeah. you know, like it, it's hard to get there. So I'll say there are people in my life that I hang out with regularly who are great friends of mine. Um, I love them. But I don't know that I get to the level that I get with you and Andrew. With sure. Him. And I think a lot of that has to do with being comfortable with you guys. And we're there, family. We know each other. And there's also something to be said about discretion. Like you right. just don't tell everything to everybody. Yeah. And then there's a level of trust. And so I don't really know what I was trying to get at with all this. But I think the point of it is, like, I have a friend named Darren. You know Darren. Yeah. Darren Eubanks. He's mm-hmm. with the Kingdom Bringer podcast. He's out in Dodge City. And he's a good friend of mine. And we'll get on the we'll get on the phone and... You know, we're pretty unfiltered with each other. I think that's a better word, better word than real, I guess. I mean, there's no un- filter. We're Yeah, we're pretty unfiltered with one another. And it's kind of like a breath of fresh air. Like, oh, man, I'm so glad I can say these things to you. And you you don't reject me or you don't question my salvation or you don't question my heart. That thing, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Or, or yeah, I mean, even, yeah, no, I get that. I totally understand that. I feel that. Right. So that it's like, hey, I'm going to say something. But it, I, I'm going to say this and I feel safe with you because I feel like you know my heart and you get where I'm coming from. With a lot of people, you'll say something and it, it's just a it's it's lack of relationship. You don't know what you can say and what you can't say. Mm. And, you know, and, you know, that's interesting because that really limits relational growth, like a relationship growing. And I'm not just talking even romantic, like friendships. Mm-hmm. It really limits them growing whenever you don't feel safe to be able to do that. Like I know that I don't know that there's anything that I would ever keep off the table to not share with you. Like whether that's things that I'm processing through in, in regards to the Bible or any of my theological beliefs or um, any, you know, issues that Lara and I are having or, you know, just anything, nothing's off the table. Right. And, but it is that fear of rejection that I think that keeps me from sometimes 100% disclosing with even people that, Taking the mask off. Mm-hmm. 
and just saying, this is the real me. Yeah. I'm going to show you the real me. So I'm going to take my mask off and give you my COVID. <laughs> now you keep I'm, that, dude. I'm going to show you. <laughs> I'm going to show you my ugly. Your ugly I'm mug. Show you the deepest, darkest man. But no, I, I get that, and I mean, I feel that, and I feel like for the longest time, like if you do that in a Christian context, let's say in a small group, and you share down and you say, like, here's what's really going on. Here's what I'm processing. I feel like you can only do that for one week. Right? Like, you can't struggle with those things that you were struggling with last week. Like, Jesus will have had to have changed you so that you, I'm being serious, man. Like, you can't be the person that week after week after week after week is struggling with the same thing because then what's going to be said about you? What What will be said about you? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Let's say that I had an issue uh, with t- pornography. Okay. Right. And okay. I'm opening up to a group of guys and I'm saying, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Yeah. This and is a really like big issue in my later, life. It's no, same. no, I'm not even talking about two years later. I'm saying the next, next couple weeks, like, Hey guys, I'm still struggling. Like, you know, like what? Well, you should have repented. You should have done this. You should have done that. This is actually going to be a really good intro to what we're talking about. Tonight, right. But. but I mean, and so anyways, and I'm not saying like we need a friend, friend, friend groups that enable us, but we also need friend groups and people in our lives that that they can they can accept us where we're at and understand that change doesn't happen overnight but also understands that there's a certain level of change that i think exists beyond willpower like willpower can only take you so far True. and then there's uh, this area that only Jesus can yeah, absolutely. can transform you in yes. and he can kind of take you there uh-huh. but so it, it i don't know it's just this idea that like if you share things in Christian circles sometimes that you have to get your crap together because now you shared it and you confessed it. And so now maybe you're serious about it and yeah. you have a week or until the next time you see that person if you were really to have serious, your stuff together. If you were really serious about your relationship with Jesus, you would have let him change you faster. Right? Like, you should be different sooner. Right. <laughs> I get what you're saying. So there, So it all goes back to, like, safety and it all goes back to trust and then not feeling judged or condemned because you're in a certain place in life and that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. I mean, think about how many times you and I have disclosed things to each other that we've, you know, that we wrestle with and struggle with. And there's yeah. like this balance that I know that, that I, that I sure, I'll, there's a balance that I know where I'm like, how can I encourage Jason? I know he, I, he, I don't need to correct him. I don't need to throw yeah. scripture at him. I don't need to, to do these things like there's this level that you and I have hit this stride to where it's like, sometimes all we need to do is confess to someone else, like to another brother that's not going to rain down judgment. Yeah. And just get it off your chest. And then if anything, you and I, what we, I mean, we always just point each other to Jesus. Like, well, you got to go get with the Lord on that. Right. Well, yeah, I know I should do that. Okay. Well, Hey, how'd that go? And it was great. Yeah. So I think, I think this helps. 100%. Um, so, Let's transition, because I think this this is really good. So there was a, an instance, um, an experience that I had when I was in, in Bend, Oregon. And I talked about going out of town. And it was really beautiful, and I love outdoors, I love nature. Went for a run, and um, I, uh, as I was there, when I was out of town, and I was alone and away from family and away from friends and kind of like doing my own thing. Um, I was really struggling with my inner self, struggling with my thoughts, struggling with my mind, struggling with me, like how much I 
uh, am really upset about some of the ways that I've not changed over time. Right. I feel like I'm not being very articulate right now. No, I no, I get it. So I was reading a comment. Did, I know. I was trying to get you to pay attention yeah, to me because I, know. I feel listening. like I was talking to nobody. Um, <laughs> uh, so this idea that you you know the things that you've struggled with as long as you've struggled with them. Right. And you know that you get sick and tired of dealing with the you that doesn't change. Mm. And so... Right, looking that same person in the mirror over and over right. and over again. And so we're talking about this idea of like being that way with other people and it's just like, well, I'm not changing, I'm not changing. And they're probably, you know, getting exhausted by, you know, seeing this and hearing this. Um, but what we don't need from somebody is judgment and condemnation. We experience that enough ourselves, don't we? Like, I yeah. I know the depth of my brokenness. I don't need you to tell me how broken I am. I don't need you to, like, rain down law on me and say, well, the Bible says that you should this, that, and the other. Well, hey, let me just tell you, I'm, I, I know what Scripture has to say about a lot of different things. I know what sin is in my life. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit's convicted me of it, right? Mm-hmm. But, so... This idea of kind of being fed up with the you that hasn't changed. And so... Yeah, it seems like there are some areas of our life that, that you know, with with starting to follow Jesus, like some of that stuff fell off easy. So like there, maybe they're like flakes on our surface or impurities on our surface that, I mean, they it didn't take long for some things to fall off. Yeah. And then there are other things that seem like they're deep-rooted, like growing and dropping roots inside of us that are did not fall off as easy as other things. Yeah, right. Right. So there's yeah, so for instance, um years ago when I had fallen back into my downward spiral of sex, drugs and rock and roll, <laughs> you nice. know, for lack of a better phrase, um the Lord delivered me from that like in a moment. Really, mm-hmm. like there was a moment where I had an experience with the Lord and he was calling me back to him and I responded as creation to the creator. The a creator, new a new creation. Yeah, well the creator spoke and then the creation responded that and the Lord said, you know, time to come back and I was like yes. Yes. I will. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely. As you as you, you know, as you wish. <laughs> Your right. will be done. Right, like right. that's that's how that went. And uh, so in a moment, like all of those actions went away, but there were still some other things in me that weren't immediately changed, even though he just cut that off in a moment. Like I didn't get married until 2014 and I moved to Wichita in 2010. And so first year marriage, second year marriage, I'm in my sixth year of marriage and I'm still finding out about selfishness that exists inside of me as I continued to journey in this relationship with my wife. Right. So it's not like everything just gets cut off in a moment. But what I'm realizing now is that over even the past six years, like there are still things that I struggles that I've carried with me and there's still this battle that's going on. And so I was experiencing this when I was in band, Oregon and I'm praying to the Lord and I'm fed up. You know, I'm, I was really upset and I'm like, Lord, what the heck? Why am I still the same? Yeah. What is going on? The prayer that so many of us have prayed. The prayer that so many of us have prayed. So just the weekend before I went out of town, he hit me with some scripture that I've read about a million times and I've heard it a million times, 
but Christine was teaching on this scripture and it wasn't even like the main point, but she just read it. And she was talking about our struggles, not against flesh and blood, but powers, principalities and authorities in Ephesians six. Yeah. And then it says that, um, for the weapons we fight with are not of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And it was like the Lord showed me that all of the battles in my life that I have been trying to win have been from by using earthly methods and Ooh, earthly weapons. Right, like willpower. Willpower. Attending so, classes right, and so, things yeah, and so none of this stuff is bad. Wow. And so let me give let me give you the, the Dude, instance here. I'm, I'm digging this. Let me give you the instance. So I, I looked at all the things I've ever tried to do. So let me just it just come out right. So for years and years and years and years and years and years, there's been a sexual perversion that has existed in my life and it's manifested multiple ways. And what the Lord has showed me is that somewhere along the line, even when I was younger, I was lied to about what true love looked like. Mm-hmm. And so my entire life I'd been chasing a love that was a perverted love and it is manifested in different kinds of relationships um, viewing of pornography, uh, different kinds of things that come along with that. And would you say even what you what you categorize true love to be? Like this is yeah. what true love is. Right. Yeah, yeah. So for true love, for true love for me was like um, somebody showing a desire for me. So like acceptance, like a pursuit, and adoration, pursuit. Um, so what would happen? And I'll talk a little bit about this. What would happen is I would. I would fixate. So like when I was, um, when I was in elementary school, I remember I started liking girls and I went into middle school, high school. And so what would happen is I would fixate on, on certain females I would crush and everybody knows what a crush is, but I would crush on, on somebody. And there was like this high of like getting the girl and getting the attention. And so it was like, I desired the attention and then I would get it. But then it was still not enough. It was unfulfilling. Yeah, yeah I'm tracking. But somewhere along the way, I was lied to about this is what true love is. Um, and so, again, it manifests itself in, in perverted ways over the course of my life. And so that's something that has been brought with me my entire life. And um, and so I'm going to the Lord over this. And I'm like, God, I just want to be pure, right? I've prayed all the prayers. I've cried all the tears. You've read the books. You've, I've read you know, the books. done all that stuff. I've read the books. I bought the apps. I got the screen blockers. I got the accountability partners. I've sat in the groups. I've confessed. I've cried. I've repented. I've done all the things. And yet here I am still existing with this kind of struggle. Okay. And then I'll even take this one step further. Take it. With an understanding of the gospel, with an understanding of, of freedom coming from Christ, Right like asking for that freedom with an understanding um, of, of all kinds of sins that a pastor would have and how you would direct and help anyone in this situation yeah. yet still struggling. Yeah. Yes. Still struggling. Yes. And so what was the, the change or, yeah. or, or what was the new revelation that you had or the, you know, the Revy that you got, you yeah, know, in so, Oregon? So here's what happened. Based on what I would call this based on the law. Now, when Christians, when pastors, good hearted, well intentioned people who love the Lord preach against certain sins, it can, 
in some ways sometimes be taken by the individual receiving it as law. So, but do they know that it's law? They, well, here here's where I'm going with it. That when I hear sermons about this, about these things, about these issues, about this sin, all it does is remind me of all what I already know. And sometimes it motivates me to try and then combat that sin, like um, to crucify the flesh, to put those things to death, to do those things. But there's a scripture that says, but if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the flesh, then you shall live. A mindset on the flesh is death. A mindset on the spirit is life and peace. So what I had done is I would hear all these sermons and I, I, f- I felt bad. I felt guilty. I felt yeah. convicted about the sin in my life. So I tried all the methods that Dude, were presented. I mean, I know. We've, yeah, right. We've so all of these, these methods and none of these methods are bad. A lot of them are wise and they're actually good, but here's, here's what scripture but they don't says bring freedom that even right. So that even the knowledge of good can bring death. It don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the tree had knowledge of good and it had knowledge of evil. So even you can say, well, those things are good in and of themselves. And I'll say, well, if I'm not doing it by the spirit and I'm doing it by the flesh, all I'm doing is bringing about more death in my life. And this is what happened my entire life. I've tried so hard multiple times to like crucify the flesh and put to death the misdeeds of the flesh, but I've only ever done it by the flesh. And so Mm. that has only ever produced death. And so the title of the podcast tonight is freedom in the spirit. And so if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the flesh, it has to be an other world, another worldly weapon. Right. It because has to Ephesians be a, six is talking right, about weapons right. of divine power to demolish strongholds, not to just get things under control. Well, Hey, we gotta, we gotta yeah. get your porn, porn, pornography viewing under control. Mm-hmm. You do we just want to get it under no, control? No, you want that sucker demolished, or do we want to freaking demolish the right. stronghold that it has in our life? So some of these things are good to subdue, but they're not always good to destroy, right? So you're talking about the weapons, the weapons the that weapons we can we use, willpower, yep. groups, this and that. Yeah. Like it can kind of there, there's there's a limit that it can take it, and yeah. an, a limit of effectiveness, right? And then there's yes. a spiritual level of effectiveness yes. that can totally. Demolish. Demolish. So this this will all tie together. I just have to get a little bit more of the story Go for uh, it. out. Because none of this stuff is bad if the Spirit of God leads you to partake of those things. Right? Because if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. So what can happen is I can look at the sin in my life and I can say, well, it's probably a good idea to this. And it will probably be wise to do that. And... That's okay, but there's a difference between me deciding to do it and the Lord showing me that this is his plan for me Hmm. for a a path of freedom. So it's my idea of how to acquire freedom versus the Lord's plan and path for freedom. Which is the most effective. Which is the most effective. It's your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So here's what happened. I'm running... I'm pissed off. I'm talking to the Lord. And this is in Oregon. And I, yeah, and I'm telling you like there're times where I'm talking to the Lord and I'm like I'm Lord I'm I'm sick of this shit, right? Gritting through my teeth and I'm like you you curse I'm at the Lord? So man, I have. Yeah. I'm just messing he with you. He can take it though. Yeah, I know he can. He I mean, Lord 
I'm hey yeah you you I'm just yeah. giving you crap he you know I am so I mean I don't curse at I don't curse him I know I know yeah I know so what you're there's saying a difference so I'm just you know I'm crying out to him I'm like yeah I'm so tired of this and so in my frustration as I'm running right I'm on my jog I'm out in nature I'm in like you know I'm carrying all this weight all this guilt and what does scripture say? Cast your cares on the Lord. He cares for you. Mm. And so I'm just, these, the cares were the things that I were, I was carrying. And so then I'm giving them to him the only way I know how in this moment. And I'm just like, Lord, I'm tired of this. And I, in my frustration, I ask him the question. I say, God, what do you want for me? What is your will for my life? Mm. What do you want for me? Because what you want is what I want because I know it's best. I want purity for my life. Lord, what do you want for me? And he said, I want purity for you. And I'm like, great. You're like, me too. Me too. I, I want that too. How do I do that? Yeah. And here's what he said to me. He said, completely remove yourself from all social media platforms. Now, this is not what the Lord is saying to the entire body. Right. This is not a command for all people. The physician is, is speaking not, to this is not right to an yeah, individual that right. he is he's prescribing yes, treatment. Exactly. An individual. You. Yes. So a doctor won't look at a person with a broken leg and be like, Well, you need to have brain surgery. You know? Yeah. So you don't do You're this. saying you you right. sought the Lord's will. Lord, what is your will for my life? And this is how he led you and how this is, this exactly is what he led you to in it the is, moment. Yeah, right. This okay. isn't for everyone. Right. Yeah. So he says Completely remove yourself from all social media presence. And so I have since then, and I did it very slowly, but it's been probably about three weeks, and I have <laughs> since then deleted all of my social media accounts. Yeah. Um, so let me tell you that in my pursuit for purity in the past, I have removed myself from all social media platforms. I've done this before. I've deactivated Ooh. my account. I have given my wife my password and say uh, and said log in, change my password, and then log out, and then don't let me on Facebook. Yeah, and because right, okay, so this is interesting. Yeah, so so social media for me has been a trigger in the past for certain things, right? It's specifically with this lust thing that I've dealt with, um, and so. I have in the past tried to put the blockers. You've like, tried the worldly methods. I've tried. So I right, bought an like, app called the Freedom App, and I installed it on my computer and my you, phone. Were you free? No. And I and I set certain times that I could get on and not get on, and I would lock myself out. But then there was a way that you could just quit the app and then get in. And so I would turn it on, turn it off. I probably turned the Freedom App on and off probably fifty times in the past year. Hmm. Right. Because I'm trying to set up blocks. I, I've confessed. I've gone to groups. I've been to a men's retreat. I've cried. I've promised I'd change my way. I've confessed to my wife. I've done all of these things with a desire, with a desire for purity in my life. Yeah. Okay. So here's, here's what happened. The same thing that I thought would be good for me in the past to do. And I failed is the same thing that the Lord has then just recently instructed me to do. So, so what do difference? you think is the difference? Right, is that you... Yeah, can you can you speculate? I yeah, mean, I mean, I, can, I have a couple things. Yeah, go for it. Um, so, I mean, I think number one, it would be that you said, Lord, what do you want for me? And you heard him say, I want 
purity for you, or, or what? Uh, so I, what was it? What did he purity. say? Purity. I want, I want your purity. So, so you so you heard the desires from God. Yeah, and and so that's and essentially you wanted him, that aligning. That's essentially him saying, "This is my will for your life." Right, purity. and you're like, "Yes, yes I want that. I want that, that is, too. That is good. Alignment, agreement, amen. Let yep. it be done." So all of that. So there was that. Um, I would imagine that then from the other side of things, and when I say the other side of things, maybe the spiritual side of things, you know, Ephesians 6, like we've been talking about, our battle isn't against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers of, you know, darkness. So that whole thing, and now using, I don't know, I would say like, (laughs) maybe God has this spiritual push that's coming behind the worldly thing that you're doing. And and we're we're using the phrase worldly, but the weapons of the world, strategy of the world, I mean, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So the difference was I was wrong. You just could have said no, you were wrong. No, that's absolutely correct. Whew, yes. <laughs> that's absolutely right. The difference was rather than me looking at what my will for my life was, granted the heart of the Father was that I be pure. Yes. But I was trying to work for purity. You were willing. I was trying to will forth this purity out of my flesh. That's really what it was. And, and it was, I believe, according to the law, because I would listen to sermons, I would read scriptures, I would have conversations, and I would just always feel bad about the sin that existed in my life. The reality is that even though we sin, we have an advocate, Jesus, right, mm-hmm. who forgives us our sin, cleanses of all unrighteousness, and then conforms us into his image. And so... The difference is an aligning of wills, hearing the Mm. will of the Lord, which in that moment, look, I'm just going to call it this. In that moment, I heard the word of the Lord. He used his mouth and he spoke his desire for purity in my life to me personally. And so his personal word to me from the living God, he communicated a word and it's the word of God, him that's living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. And divides. Is that the the rhema? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, right. It's it's also prof- I mean prophetic in nature, um, the heart and the mind of God. So, um, so here's what happened. <clears throat> I argued with the Lord a little bit. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually. You know what? I didn't even re- I didn't even think about my past failures with getting off of social media in the past. Like I just I said, well, what about? like any kind of business that I'm going to try and start because I got a lot of things going on. And, and number one, he said, you do know that there are people that exist that aren't on social media platforms. And two, do you want to build your business or do you want me to build your business? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And so yes, please. Here's what he then began to show me after this. So this is all part of, um, this is all part of the plan. It's not that just getting and deleting getting off of and deleting social media is going to solve my problems. It's part of a process that he's taking me into. And so he revealed to me this process. And so what he started showing me was that he was wrapping me in a cocoon, essentially. So you had visual imagery in your mind or was this just, you know, it was like, like a sensing, okay. like a yeah. listening. He's showing me. He's okay. so the social media thing for me was not so much, that it wouldn't be a trigger for lust is that here's the interesting thing. When the Lord does a work in your life, he's going to do a holistic work. He's going to do a complete work. He's going to do a complete overhaul. Mm. 
So to all parts of you, to all parts of you. Right. And so my problem isn't just that I like to look at half naked women online sometimes or naked women, whatever, call it what it is. Right. Right. That that's, that's not the problem. The problem is I have heart issues. The problem is, and we talked about it earlier, that I had a perverted view of love my entire life. Yeah. The problem started when I was like four or five years old. Right. The problem isn't the day-to-day manifestation of the trauma. It's the trauma. Right. And you can even say like, it's not the fruit, it's the root. It's not this It's thing. not the fruit, it's the root. It's yes. these underlying issues. And bro, I remember when you even tell me about that and you were kind of talking about like, you know, you had the revelation of stuff from your past from childhood and it's like... Oh my gosh, like, you know, the kind of stuff that that can happen to us at such a young age get that can, you know, change the trajectory oh, yeah. of our life. Yes. And change the tra- trajectory of our ability to show love to others, to be kind to others, you know, to it just it can change so it, much. It infiltrates. It's right, beware the yeast of the Pharisees. Paul a, says a he's little snapping leaven, his fingers. That's funny. <laughs> a little leaven works through the entire batch of dough. Yeah. And so what he's saying to me is that number one, he's putting me in this cocoon and he is silencing many of the outside voices that I've allowed to come into my life, man, because I need to be in this season listening to him and to him alone. Right. Because I have been influenced in different kinds of ways to try and combat the sin in my life through other methods that have maybe worked for other people. And just because it has worked for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for the next. Right. Again, right. Every, every, um, situation where cancer is present is different because of who the person is, how old they are, how much they weigh, how long they've had the cancer, what stage it's in, if it's metastasized, if it's a one inch tumor, if it's a five inch tumor, everybody needs a different prognosis. Right. Um, right. And so I'm not saying that, yeah. Okay. So not everything's one, one size fits all when it comes to dealing with sin. So what the Lord was revealing to me is the process, right? So putting me in the cocoon, essentially silencing outside voices so that I can just get into a safe place. Mm -hmm. That's what he was showing me. I can get into a safe place with him and that I'm in this place and in the cocoon, when the caterpillar goes into the cocoon, the entity of the caterpillar essentially melts away and the DNA that was within the caterpillar to begin with begins to birth forth. And then there's a new creature that comes out of that cocoon and it's the butterfly. So there's a whole bunch of correlation that I want to, that I want to make here. So second Corinthians five seventeen. therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, he has come into being the new. And so, um, that word there, let's find it. Is this from, hold on one second. So that word kainos, which is, here, let me find it. <laughs> Sorry. The you word, and your Greek words. New creation, it's a kainos creation, and it means properly new in quality or innovation, fresh in development or opportunity, because not found exactly like this before. So the caterpillar, the butterfly has, has become a new creation. The butterfly was not found like that before the butterfly went through a transformation 
where it was once a caterpillar, now it's a butterfly. So this is what he's showing me, that he is do working out this process of putting me into this cocoon so that I can emerge a new being. Right. Completely new kainos creation. Here's another interesting thing. Scripture, Romans 12, 2, uh, don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, and by this, you can prove what is the will of God, um, the good, pleasing, and perfect will. I'm reading from the interlinear. It's really interesting when you do that. But this word, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, is actually the root word, uh, metamorpho, was where we get metamorphosis. Ooh. So, so this caterpillar thing's really, really right. trekking. Metamorpho is the root of the English terms metamorphosis and metamorphosize. And actually, the same word to be transformed by the renewing of your mind transformed. I don't know why they didn't translate it this way, but it's the same word that was used to Jesus when he was transfigured on the mountain. Wow. So we literally undergo a transfiguration by the renewing of our mind. So much so we can be changed by the spirit in such a way that we actually look different. Have you ever saw somebody you're like, man, you just look different. Like you just, I can just see it in your face. Like, yep. Right. Yep. That, to me, that's metamorphosis. That's yeah. That's being transfigured. Um, in scripture, it talked about somebody's face was downcast, and it's their face went from being bright and happy to just being like sullen and sulky and just like, you know. I mean, you can tell when yeah. people are oh, under for spirit sure. 100%, of fear, man. right? People look different, and so, anyways, there's the idea of metamorphosis that happens by the renewing of our minds, um, and so. Let me give just a little bit more insight into this whole like cocoon. I also have a question thing. I want to ask you whenever you. Okay, type it out. Yeah, I'm going to type it out. So get this. This is what the Lord has kind of showed me about um, living out of the flesh and living according to the law versus living by the Spirit and living in freedom. So, number one, the caterpillar is ground bound. The caterpillar can only function within its physical limitations, right? So scripture says that our, our, our works are nothing but filthy rags. We can only achieve filthiness by our works apart yep. from Christ, Yep. right? We can only ascend. We can only get so high. We can only ascend so high. So the way I put it was the caterpillar can only move along the ground. It can look up and see the sky. It knows there's something up there, but it is physically unable to experience the sky. Yeah. The air. He's groundbound. He's groundbound. And so a caterpillar could probably spend its entire life climbing up the tallest tree in the world mm -hmm. to get to the highest place that it is physically capable of getting to. And it would take all of its energy and all of its effort, and it would be work. And it could only achieve getting to a highest point, but it would never be free to actually soar through the air. And it would likely get eaten by a bird the first day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so what the Lord was showing me is that the caterpillar then, by dying within the cocoon and metamorphosizing, being transformed, using the DNA that was already in it, that process then brings about this butterfly that is no longer groundbound, but can ascend to the highest heights effortlessly. 
keyword keyword effortlessly. effortlessly and it could flutter and fly through the air with freedom it's no longer ground to the bound, bound to the ground now the butterfly will go back and land on things and it'll go and land on the ground it'll land in the grass it'll land on a rock it'll land on the tree but then it can easily flap its wings and then fly back into the sky again effortlessly and the lord was showing me like this is the life and the spirit where I would, I've been sin bound because of the law and my efforts to try and gain freedom. I could work hard for a certain amount of freedom and experience it, but it's work. And he's showing me, I want to transform you to live in the way of the spirit so that you are no longer bound to the sin and that it's something that is overcome effortlessly because it's the Dang. spirit's work. Dang, dang, dang. Right? So I'm in the cocoon. That's where I'm at right now. And let me tell you, it is not an easy place to exist because the cocoon, if Casey were here, he'd be freaking out over the grave because it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, he, talks, he talks about it. The grave is the tomb. The tomb is the womb. The tomb brings forth and births. The cocoon is the same thing. Yep. There's death and then there's rebirth. resurrection yep. and rebirth. But not only is there... There's death to the old, but there's life there's to the new. new life. And it's the butterfly is not found in the same condition it was found before, metamorphosized. And so you're I'm just going to prophesy this into my life because this is what the Lord is saying. The Jason you you will see will not be the Jason that you knew. Mm. The Jason that I become based on the work that the Lord's doing in my life is not going to be the Jason that had that daily struggle who continues to look in the mirror and says, I hate the man in the mirror. I hate my actions. I hate this lust. I hate this impurity, but I just can't change. I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, right? There's always been a longing. There's been a desire. There's been a weeping, but then now the Lord is saying, live by the new way of the spirit. Allow me to do this work in you. But here's the thing. All I had to do in that moment, and the Lord knew I was ready, was cry out to him and say, what do you want? And so this is like the nevertheless my will, but your will be done. Mm -hmm. Right? I wanted purity, but I had always functioned under a worldly, earthly process of doing things that other people have told me that were good or wise in order to try and acquire that freedom. And so now I'm just trying to allow the Lord to do this work in me. He told me to get off social media. I've done it. Does it mean that I'm completely healed and completely free right now? It doesn't. But let me tell you, I'm no longer distracted by social media. Yeah. I don't have that in my life anymore. Man, there's, you got, I got a bunch of different things I want yeah. to say. So go ahead. Um, well, the first question, well, I'll say this because the second question, the first question I was, anyways. When we're we've been talking about the three part man like over the past couple of weeks, body, soul, spirit, and that that whole type of thing, and uh, and and what we really talked about was how a lot of people, man, they really just function kind of in their in their body most of the time, and they kind of only acknowledge uh, two parts of of their being. They'll <laughs> they'll acknowledge the body, their physical flesh suit, uh, their soul, <laughs> you know, their mind, will, and emotions. And a lot of times the spirit is left there just not engaged and, and yeah. not really doing anything. And, and sure. people don't view their spirit as something that they can willfully um, have interactions. I mean, anyways, so that whole thing. So, but anyways, this idea of, of the tripart being, 
Yeah. Right. And and having the ability body soul spirit body soul spirit and being able to to interact like the interaction that you had in Oregon was a spirit to spirit interaction. Yeah. It was your spirit man interacting yeah. with Yahweh, the living God. But it also happened in my mind. It, yeah. And so I mean it was a it was a probably a full body. But also with my mouth, I think I actually said out loud, What do you want, Lord? Right. Right. But you, you started in this place. I mean, you yeah. were all of your being was engaged with God. Yes. Body, soul, and spirit. Right. Everything. And so often when we do things we're not led by leaders and pastors and teachers, oftentimes because I feel like they've just never had experiences to to show them a different way, but sure. we're only led to willpower to cut that sin out of your life and blah, 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 blah and, yeah, and yeah. yelling and yelling and finger pointing and condemnation and, yeah. and the same messages over and over again. And what we're left with is a flock of people who desperately want to change yeah. and have all the desire in the world to change and are begging and pleading with God, yet nothing's happening because it's all done through that physical soul aspect. And what it sounds like yeah. with what you're talking about is is you, you came to this place where you were like, man, I want what you want for me. So my question is, yeah. does that only happen? Does this... Uh, not manifestation. What's the, metamorphosis? Does metamorphosis becoming a new creation only happen when you come in line with the will of the Father? So, and and does it happen sometimes for some people when they are born again? Like, what is why is yeah, it for all? I, you know, for some. Sure. I mean, that that's a great question. So, I want to look at this scripture and hopefully it'll help take us in the right direction. Romans seven six. But now, by dying to what once bound us. We have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way of the spirit and not in the old way of the written code. And so what is happening is, you know, honestly, we have been looking. I I feel like a lot of people look at sin through the lens of the law and they don't look at sin through the through the lens of the spirit. So let me tell you, just as I have been talking about some of this stuff, like I have dreaded talking anything about my lust problems, past pornography issues. I, I have really dreaded talking about that stuff on the podcast before. Yeah. And I've always said, well, I don't want to be that guy and you know, all this stuff. And I've just always alluded to things. And I think men who listen probably knew what I was talking about. Um, but like tonight I have zero guilt or shame. Mm. I have zero shame in talking about this stuff because I'm seeing it through the lens of the spirit because I'm seeing that the Lord desires purity for my life and what the Lord wants, the Lord will get Yeah, what the Lord wills shall come forth. Right? So I know that my destiny is to be conformed into the likeness of Christ. So I will become the image of Christ. And let me tell you, the image of Christ does not struggle with the things that I've struggled with in the past. And so He's moving me in this direction. And so, again, I think we've looked at things through the lens of uh, sin, through the lens of the law. Do not touch. Do not taste. Do this. Don't do that. Versus the heart of God. Because I think what happened was the Israelites, they wanted to live by the law, which could only bring about death. And they completely missed the heart of God even to the point to where the law said, sacrifice animals, do these things, do these festivals. And then the Lord through a prophet was just like, I actually despise your festivals. festivals. Actually despise. You throw the worst parties. I don't even, yeah, I don't even desire sacrifice 
anymore, right? And so they're living by the law, and then the Lord has a heart for something different. And so I think that when the Lord communicates that to us, when we get into that relationship with him and he begins to lead us and guide us, look, I'll just say it. It's like the homosexuality issue, right? Everybody wants to talk about is homosexuality a sin? Is it not a sin? Is there room for homosexuals in the church? Is there not? And my question is, what good does it do to decide what's good or evil when we know that eating from that tree brings about death? Mm. We got to get people eating from the fruit the uh, the tree of life. Yeah. So let me tell you, the Lord looked at my life. He knew that at, at 14, I would confess him as Lord and Savior. He would reveal himself to me in a way that I would enter into a relationship with him. He knew that when I was, so that was at 14, he knew at 38, I would have this moment where I'm running and I would cry out to him and I'd say, what do you want from me? And then he would begin that work of purification in my life. Right. And so what good did it do to have 24 years worth of preaching against that sin in my life. Man, it just left you hopeless a lot of times. It did. There it's multiple it's it's times where you hear things and you 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 get puffed up and you're like I can do this. Man, but you know it's like so here's the question that I have though is you know, I think in your upbringing in the church and my upbringing in the church it seems like that's all anyone knew to do or knew how to instruct. And so I'm sitting here and I'm wondering, like, you know, a lot of these concepts that you and I are talking about, we've been having lots of conversations about this stuff, a lot of spirit-focused conversations that we weren't thinking about, you know, two years ago, three years ago. Right. And so it's just like, I I guess in some ways I feel cheated a little bit, like, yeah. You know, but and then at the same time, it's like, well, you know, God's got the a plan for all this. Like the Lord knew, just like you said, he knew at 14, you'd become born yeah. again. And then again at right. 38 that you would. So I, I'm not, I know I can get real lost in that sauce right there and like thinking all about that stuff. But I yeah. do wonder like, man, and, and even as a pastor, like I had said that from stage many times before to youth group kids and, and big church on Sundays, so, like, you know, yeah. that all good willed and all good intentioned. Right. But it's like. Damn, man. Like, well, uh, I mean, I've heard time and time again, like, well, you pr- you raised your hand, you prayed that prayer, you, you're a new creation. You are new, brand new. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe there were some things that, you know how I talked about some of that stuff mm-hmm, that falls mm-hmm. off immediately, but then there's like some deep-rooted stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of that stuff just feels like, am I really a new creation? Because I don't feel new. I don't, I don't feel, feel like I've gone through metamorphosis and I right. haven't been in the cocoon or the grave or, sure. you know. Yeah. And, Yeah. And and I think this is why it's so imperative that really what we should be doing, and I've, I've said this before, I think the best anybody, the best thing anybody could do for anyone on a daily basis is point them to Jesus. Mm. And I don't just mean like, Hey, look, there he is. No, I mean like I say something that somehow motivates and encourages you to go get into a place to where you open yourself and you cry out, Lord, dude. And you know what? Like, this is kind of what I was thinking about earlier. Like when I was talking about like your your body, soul, spirit, and kind of different ways that you can connect with him. But you know, you talked about silencing the noise of social media. Yeah. Because man, 
it is so easy to get uh, to get distracted. And I'm not just talking social media. I mean, I'm talking everything. Like when I hop in a News car, sometimes and, it's yeah, like radio, let me podcast. let me roll down the windows and blast up, you know, the radio, and let me jam out some music. And I have all of these these, and I'm driving, so there's all these <laughs> stimuli, and it's like, man, I can just try to quiet my soul right here in the car, and then maybe hear from the Lord. But yeah. there's all of this distraction and and stuff that's going on, and it it almost takes you, you know, see when you when you challenge me, hey, have you have you sought the Lord? What is God telling you to do? What is Jesus telling you to yeah. do? And it's like, like what is the this? process for me to do that is I have to go quiet my soul. I have to quiet my mind and I have to ask and wait for a response. Yeah. And, and it seemed like you got a pretty quick response and sometimes I have those and sometimes it's, well, it wasn't quick. It was 38 how, years. How many years in the making? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But I mean, it's one of those things to where it's like it, it, takes effort to position yourself because I do think it's about where you're, how yes. you're positioned yes, yes, and yes. we've used the word posturing, like how are you postured? But it's that attentiveness and that posturing. That's kind of like, let me, let me get my saddle. You know how sometimes you have to like angle a satellite and the old satellites and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. just right. Or you, uh-huh. the rabbit ears the you're di- like, Oh, dish I got network. it. Yeah. Or the rabbit ears is a, is a good analogy too. And so it, we kind of have to do that to position ourselves to get the right environment, no distraction, no stimuli, so that we can better position ourselves to hear from yeah. the Lord. Yeah, I think it's all about listen. It's hearing and listening. And I, and I think we talked about this last time, but it's also believing that the Lord's going to meet you there or that he will actually say something to you. And so, like, yeah, that's I mean, pe- people could argue that I was just hearing the the god of my creation like this god that i made and i wanted so badly for purity so then i just made up that like god said to me that he wanted my purity so then now like i found this inner motivation to like make this happen right that's that's not how i function i believe that the yeah. lord is leading and guiding me he's my father and it's by the spirit in us that we cry abba man i was crying out god like oh please and so back to this idea of getting people to get into that place to where they just cry out to the Lord and the, and where I was talking about, um, you know, whether or not people can be gay and if that's a sin or whatever it is, look, I don't think it does any good to remind people of the bad things that exist in their life because a lot of people are hopeless enough to try and, um, you know, get over these things in their life. And probably somebody who's homosexual is, is um, confused enough and like seeing the world through such a crazy lens. Right. And so if they get, if they actually get into a relationship with Jesus, which shouldn't be from fear of eternal, eternal torment and death, right? Hey, I want to invite you into this love relationship by scaring the shit out of you. That doesn't make any damn sense. <laughs> but right? that's how t- the church has functioned let me, for let so Let me long. tell you about this God who loves you yeah. so much. Right. And it's the kindness of God that leaves, leads a heart, uh, a man's heart to repentance, right? Well, and so the other if thing they too, get dude. into that relationship with him and the spirit of God comes and works in their life, he's going to sort them out. And let me tell you, when I was 14 and gave my life to Jesus, he knew I would have 24 more years of lust and fornication and pornographic use and masturbation. But did he reject me in that moment? No, he did not. You know what's interesting, man, is you take that same logic that what you just said, like you know your struggles and the things. Do you think the first thing, the first, and this all goes back to people's distorted view view of God, right? Like we've been preached a, a, a father that is abusive, 
that is neglectful, that plays favorites. Like this is the God that we've been presented, one that that wags his finger and waves his finger. Do you think if God were to manifest himself, <laughs> I mean, he, Jesus was God manifested. So we'll say Jesus. The first thing that Jesus would say to someone who is gay would be, hey, you're gay. You need to stop that. <laughs> I'm serious. Do you think he would do that? If he manifested. Is that the first thing he said to Mary, you know, went to, to the woman caught in adultery? Hey, you committed adultery. You know, like this Bad. guy, or what did he do? I mean, he did tell Bad her to go and adulterer. send no more, but what he did, he, he met her with love. He treated her in a different way. And dude, listen, like the things that you struggled with, you said, and you know, the things that I struggle with, like you got 24 years here, you're throwing that number out. God could have easily approached you when you were 14 and said, Jason, you got these issues in your life. You need to get them together and blah, 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 yada, 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 like that stuff. Yet God had other things in your life that he wanted to address. Mm-hmm that needed to be addressed before all of these things. Yeah. Now, while, you know, there are some of these deep rooted issues that don't fall off right away, there are other issues that the Lord begins to immediately, immediately at the time of, of being born again, that he starts to address. And a lot of it is what I believe he's wanting to show you who he is. Yeah. The entire first part of the Bible is God telling his people who he is not. I'm not like those other gods. (laughs) I'm I'm not them. I don't require child sacrifice. I don't require child sacrifice. I don't require this. I am not that. Yeah. And so I think that that's what God is trying to teach us when we're born again is he's trying to show us who he is and he's trying to paint. Now, the problem is, is we have conflicting messages of who God is because there's one God that's taught from some stages. I'm not saying all, Mm -hmm. but from some stages that is a God of condemnation, a God of judgment, a God of wrath, a God that's going to come and slay Christians in Revelation, a God that is this, this, like... There's all of this stuff, man. Sure. And and I believe that the heart of the Father is love. Yeah. Now yeah. I know some people are gonna they may want to jump out and say, Well, well, God hates sin and God blah blah. Man, get listen. <laughs> listen. Yeah. Duh. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> but are you going to define God? Is that the main characteristic that you want God to be defined by? His yeah. anger and wrath and hatred? Yeah. Because, dude, let me tell you this, every time I've come to the Father with my issues, with my anger, the other day I was telling you, I, I uh, right before the fire, like I got so mad because I was grilling some burgers uh, and I had my fire way too hot, so the outside cooked way faster than the inside, yeah. and I made a noob mistake. They were medium and, rare. Yeah they were, yeah, they were medium rare, and Lara will not eat, eat anything with pink in it, so I was mad about that, and I lost my temper over these burgers. I'm getting so mad, and God very gently, lovingly spoke to me like, why are you mad? Yeah. Not you terrible, hateful, angry husband who's this, this. I mean, it wasn't that. Yeah. Bro, and this is like, this is foundational. Mm -hmm. Like the view of the father, it changes the way that you interact with not only God, but others. Because if you think that God acts this way and judgmental and angry and hateful and calling out people's sin, to yeah. others, then how are you going to treat people? You, yeah. we are a product of our parents, right? You and me both. Like yeah. there are issues that I have in my life because of the household that I was raised in and same sure. thing, same thing for you and yeah. all that stuff. We are a product of our parenting. Now, mm-hmm. if we believe that our parent, Abba Father, parents a certain way, how are us, his children, going to how respond gonna, to the world? How are we going to, yeah. How are we going to treat other people? Gosh. And you know, a lot of the times it, it feels good. I'll tell you this. It feels good to recognize a sin in other people's life, especially when you know that you have your own, 
because for a moment it takes the focus off of your own brokenness and right. sin and shame and guilt. And then you get to just, you know, look at somebody else and be like, Oh, well they're sinners too. And they, this, that, and the other. Yeah. And yeah. So it's, man, I don't even really know what to say to that anymore. I, I am of the belief, 100% belief that if we could just point people to Jesus and we don't use scare tactic tactics, we don't use fear. It's not a fear based gospel. It's a love based gospel for God. So loved the world. He gave his only son, right? Why are we as a people so obsessed with, with, um, like being right and, and like, uh, what's the word? Like justice, like justice being served. Yeah. I don't know. know. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Like when it comes to this, it's like we, because I've been there. I mean, there were certain parks in my certain times in my walk where I was like, I felt like God mandated me to as bluntly and as unlovingly as possible, get the point across to people that their sin was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And that God was unhappy with them. Right. Like that. that, Yeah. Five years ago, six years ago. That's where I was. Yeah. And it's this whole idea of like, Oh, we have to preach against sin. We have to preach against sin. And listen, I, I believe 100% that sin is bad. I I know the havoc that well, sin, yeah we've we the sin has experienced the like wreaked in my life yes like, I know the guilt and the shame and the condemnation that it has put on me because it has been present in my life I have felt at times distant from God but I think here's the difference again it goes back to this whole father child thing like if you are a child of the living God like He is going to sort you out. He is going to conform you into the image and the likeness of his son. God sees you and he sees the finished work. Yes. Look, look, you're, yes. An, you are an eternal being. You, and we are in process. You are an eternal being. You were created as from, from Yahweh, whose spirit you came to earth. You live in a body and you're living and walking and breathing. God has prepared beforehand good works for you in Christ Jesus that you should walk in them. So before you were ever born, before you ever put on the skin suit, before your spirit flesh suit. Yeah, before your spirit ever came into a body and created a living breathing being, God knew what you would do and who you would become. Right. He knows your destiny he, and he knows our process. And he knows your process and so what the Lord does is our journey in him is bringing us into identity, who we're made to be. Come on. And I think that oftentimes sin is actually just functioning outside of that identity. Ooh, it's like a false identity. It's we like did, an identity of death. Yeah, it's li- yeah, right. It's believing about myself something that isn't true. If I start speaking like it's the difference between speaking life and speaking death, right? We, scripture says that um, the power of life and death is in the tongue, but a lot of people will preach death. Well, you'll die and go to heaven. Well, I'm preaching death is your key to heaven. No, Jesus is right. Jesus. Well, well, what it's doing too is it's placing heaven as the reward. When Jesus is the reward, relationship is the reward. Being you reunited, yeah, with Christ, and then they're talking about the oneness. Like heaven is not the Christ reward. Is the reward. We've and- we've been told that. Heaven is the reward. Our get out of Die hell free card is the reward. But that that's yeah. not it. Well, so you want to talk about death. So look, 
at death as a doorway, right? We think death is our doorway to heaven. Scripture says we are already seated in Christ in the heavenly realms. Present tense. And that we can focus our heart and our mind there where Christ is seated in the heavenly realms. So, I mean, John had entire revelation. He was focused there, right? He didn't have to die to get that revelation. He didn't have to die to see that. He didn't have to die to interact with that angel to see all those things and hear Christ talk. He didn't have to die to see the angels worshiping the Father around the throne, right? The, the, only, the only thing that Scripture talks about is dying to self. But right here, also, right, if any man come after me, he must take up his cross daily. Um, so, oh, where is this? In Romans um, Life in the Spirit. 7, 6, again, and I'll read it in a different version. But now we are released from the law, having died to that which held us captive. If you want to die and get a reward, die to the law. Right. Because you'll and, be free. And live in the spirit. Right. Right? I mean, that's that's dying and entering into... In, so die to the law. And so what is that? Well, yeah, that was, that was gonna, that's what I was going to ask. Like, How do we die to what, the law? Or how? what is life in the spirit? I feel like we are... Do, does everyone know what that is? I guess I'm wondering if our audience knows like what it looks like to live life in the spirit. Or maybe a different way to phrase it would be uh, a life where your full being is being utilized, your mind, uh, your body, your soul, and your spirit, to where you're functioning to your full capacity as a three-part being mm-hmm. instead of just body and soul. Body and soul, yeah. Because that's what that life in the spirit is. It's that otherworldly. It's that weirdness. It's that it aspect. Is. This this otherness. It's that supernatural. Right. That's like so hard to talk. I mean, I wish, you know, we would have had four or five more books just about supernatural stuff in the Bible. Because for most of us, it's so hard for us to, to conceptualize what supernatural stuff is. And so a, a lot of times that's why... A lot of pastors don't talk about it, you know, and the ones that do, they're written off because it maybe seems like maybe that's well, all they want to talk no about. There's just no way to control it. But and there's no way to 100% like point to the Bible and says, this is 100% okay because it says this in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's so crazy because here's the thing. We want, I want for people to not be bound by sin. I want them to exist in relationship with, with the Lord. I want them to experience freedom in their life. And so because I desire that and I want that, you better believe I, I'm going to try and say things and do things and, and help people along. But that's just me doing what I know how to do. I cannot do what the Spirit of God can do in a person. Right. And so... Again, I think it's just this pointing people. Yeah, did you did you get that from what Pam asked, the question that she <clears throat> asked? She said, is there any time that you think it's okay to bring it up to someone, maybe if they don't realize it is wrong? I think she's talking about yeah, sin, like so, you know, sin in someone's life. Yeah, so Scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness. But it's not useful for setting the captive free. And it's not useful for metamorphosis. It's not useful for metamorphosis. Like, it, it, it's not. Because, it ha- because, right, it's not useful for demolishing... Um, strongholds. Strongholds. So here's the thing. It's the Spirit of God that does it. And the Spirit will use Scripture, right? But unless the Spirit of God enlivens the scripture, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. That's why people say, well, we'll preach the Bible, preach the Bible, preach the Bible, preach the sin. 
you know, preach against sin, preach against sin. And I get what they're saying. They're basically saying, I'm just going to do this a lot because I know eventually at some point the spirit of God's going to get a hold of somebody. But I think sometimes we do that without um, giving the credit to the spirit, but giving the credit to the scripture, I suppose. I don't know. It don't Maybe I'll change my mind on that. But listen, um, is there any time <laughs> where you think it's okay to bring it up to somebody? Maybe if they don't realize it's wrong. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, but also in obviously in relationship. That's what I was going to say. And if somebody's asking, but it also doesn't like, I think you can bring, there's a way to bring up sin and love. And there's a way to bring up sin as law. Yo, right? Yeah. You need to change this right now. Blah, 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 blah. Like you need to, this is not good. This grieves the heart of God. You are living a life of sin. You are in sin. And a lot of times, I, you know, I think a lot of people are aware, maybe not all the time. Maybe they have different worldviews that they think something isn't a sin and you think something is a sin. And I would say that if someone thinks something is not a sin and you think it's a sin, there's no way you're going to change their mind. The only way that their mind will be changed if it is a sin, is if the Lord reveals it to them. Yes. And he shows them, hey, I want to transform this area of yeah. your life. And it's never a pointing fingers. It's a locking arms. And he wants to lock arms with you it's, and walk with you through that process. It's a revealing of his heart and his desire for you. And that's what leads people to change. Yeah. So Romans 8, we could probably just read this whole chapter. I won't. But I want to life read this. in the spirit. Yeah, life to the Spirit, uh, Romans 8, 1. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, because through Christ Jesus, the, uh, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. So let's just get this, right? So l- let me tell you that the law was birthed out of man eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because what that was, was Yahweh was the source for all things. He created Eden called pleasure. He put trees that were good for food. He put animals. He put man. He made sex very nice. He made it very good so you can know your wife. And so he put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which he said, don't eat of that. That's bad. And then he said, here's the tree of life. And they could eat of the tree of life. So... What happened when they ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they gained a knowledge of good and evil apart from the Lord revealing it to them. So they were sourcing for knowledge of good and evil on their own. And so he's like, you want to know what's good? You want to know what's evil? Here we go. So the law then comes, which is basically a manifestation of the knowledge of good and evil, Mm. right? The law is... Let me take what I know to be bad and will it over people and use it. So it's that knowledge that... Yeah. So then he basically says, okay, here's all the knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to give you law. And then basically it says that the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. So we have the flesh. And when we have law, when somebody says, listen... When somebody says this is right and this is wrong, you should either live like this or don't live a like that. A or B, yep. A or B, essentially they're only presenting law because if not powered empowered by the spirit, it can it's, only it's, yep. produce death. Because gosh, hold knowing, on. We kno- need to camp out here because knowing this is- what is good apart from the spirit is actually still bringing about death. Knowing what is sin 
apart from the spirit is still actually bringing about death. So without the spirit, the law is powerless. So you're saying that there are teachers, preachers, small group leaders that believe that they're bringing life, but are actually bringing death to their people by potentially willing law. I'm not saying a hundred percent, but potentially if it's not birthed out of the spirit, they're wielding a sword that is only bringing death. Yeah. It's double edged and it's un it's collateral damage is what it is. It's collateral damage. So it says, uh, for what the law is powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to flesh, but live according to the spirit. So here's the thing. When Jesus died on the cross and then was resurrected, he defeated sin and death. And so now that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you may still have sin in your life, you are still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because that sin has been defeated. Yeah. And so again, it's this idea of living in such a way that we don't believe that the sin has been defeated, that it's something that we have to defeat, right? Hey, you need to kill that sin. Well, is it defeated or not? Well, no, you need to kill it. So go defeat it. But Jesus already defeated it, but you need to defeat it. So what, so then do you think by, that's kind of trippy, because then it's like, well, if the sin's defeated, then why do we still struggle with it? Is it kind of like, well, your acknowledgement to it gives it power? Is that what you're getting at? And then gives it stronghold over I your life? I think when or? we live according to the flesh and we make it we make it law, like I, ha- I see this sin, I have to overcome it, right? Yeah. We're fighting a divine, we're fighting a spiritual battle with earthly weapons. Yeah by trying to overcome it. Did Jesus overcome it or do we need to overcome it? No, he overcame it. Live in that, right? Well, you know what's interesting too is if we approached Maybe. if we approached our life and w- from the position of asking questions to God, kind of like we're going to see the physician daily, right? Like the Lord is a heart surgeon, he can perform heart surgery. He is the one that can change our hearts. Is it like we need to go to him and ask him, Lord, what is it that you want to work on in my life? What areas in my life are out of alignment that I need to be in alignment with you? And, and, you know, how can we tackle those together to begin to start seeing freedom? Because it's only, it seems like only when you said, Lord, what do you want for me? Yeah. That you then started to see some freedom because it was like, all right, now God's like, Hey, I had this plan the whole time. Now all along, all along, but now you are locking arms with me and you're asking for my will. Sure. So is this like, because, you know, people can go their whole life and I think never probably partner or get into alignment with God on the areas of sin, excuse me, in their life. And so is this a daily practice? Is this part of those temple duties that we're talking I think it should be. And it should be, right? Jesus, when he talks about praying, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Um, I mean, there's a lot to be said about that, but we also know that Jesus retreated to the mountain side daily in prayer, in communication, not just throwing up a bunch of words, but right. Making our requests known to God, but then actually listening, right. At Romans 12, where it talks about, therefore, by discerning what the pleasing and perfect will of God is, that is the replacement for the law. Yes. That is saying, what is your pleasing and perfect will? 
and that's living right. by the yeah, spirit. Yeah, yeah. So Romans eight, let's just continue. Those who live according to the flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their mind set on what the spirit desires. So in that time, what I, what did I ask God? God, what do you want for me? That question just means, what does the Spirit desire? Hey, can I ask a random question? Sure. Do you ever pray to the Holy Spirit? Do you ever uh, engage no. that third part of the Trinity? Uh, I don't... Pr- what Spirit is it talking about there? It says, your mind's set on what the Spirit desires. You're talking about our fully redeemed Spirit, like our <clears throat> Spirit being? Or are you talking about the Spirit of God? Or are you talking I believe about that's the, the Spirit Holy Spirit? Of, I mean, I believe that's the Spirit of God, Holy, okay. Holy Spirit. But it's it's by the Spirit that we communicate. Right? Right. Holy Spirit in us gives us direct line to Yahweh. And so it's just through the Spirit that we communicate to Him. So I believe when when I'm crying out to God, it's His Holy Spirit in me that is allowing me to actually hear back from Him. Right. Right? So, gotcha. So um, those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on what the Spirit desires. And so look, that was just as easy. It was as easy as me saying, God, what do you want? And then waiting for a response. Yep. Not... Okay, here's the difference. Me going to prayer and say, God, I want to be pure. God, I want to defeat this sin. God, I want this sin out of my life. And then God, your knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. I don't I don't want to I don't want to feel guilt and shame anymore. I don't want to be this way. I, I, me, I've done this. I've I've tried the thing. I've deleted the, the I've 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 me, 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 I. And then just in the moment I'm like, God, what do you want? Yeah. Right? So the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if the spirit is in you, then though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives you life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Last one. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh. It's not to the law to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the flesh, the body, you will live by the spirit, by the spirit. So again, it goes back to. Not me trying to figure out what's right and wrong based on scripture. That's just more law to me. Yeah. It's sourcing from the living God as to what is right or wrong. Sean Hamlin says, but can people just be in a different place where maybe they're are in sin they're in sin to you, but where they are, God hasn't gotten to that part yet. So Yeah, we were kind of talking about that earlier. Yeah, I th- I, I think the way I'm reading that question is like not everybody is convicted of sin at the same time. Like just because it's sin for me right now doesn't mean it's sin for you. Well, or maybe it's just not at the top of the God's priority list right now, and he has other things that he wants to he work wants to on in you. you, and that other stuff will come. I mean, God, you are a different person in the last 24 years. God has changed you in multiple areas Very of your much life. So. This is an area, though, that had to, you know, God knew this time you'd be running on a trail in Oregon, yeah. and this is the moment that you would ask for alignment with his will, and then boom, yeah, this is when you begin to see freedom from that sin. And and so that, I mean, that's a major difference, bro, for like the Lord to communicate a desire for you. So not only do I want purity for me, 
But then the Lord says, I want purity for you. And then like, I'm like, well, what the Lord wants is going to happen. Right. And so how are we going to do this? And so then he's putting me in process. And so right now I am attempting to live according to the spirit to put to death the misdeeds of the body. Yeah. That's where I'm at. And that's a process too. For if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the, the body or the flesh, you will live. That's not something that I think just happens in a moment. I think we journey, right? And there's different yeah. things that the Lord does in us as we exist in this relationship with him. And so we can't look at somebody's life and judge them for where they are. We have to see them for where they're going. If we truly believe that the spirit of God is in them and they're his, then we need to see, right? And we could also, and so here's what a lot of engaging heaven is about, is that I could ask the Lord what he's doing in you. And he can show me yeah. that he's taking you somewhere. And then I can encourage you that this is what the Lord is doing yeah, and I'm desiring. I'm seeing this. The Lord is saying this to me. Yeah. And then you share that with someone else. That's pretty faith building. And scripture says, let us spur each other on to mm. good works in Christ Jesus. Like, let's encourage one another to move along that path with what the Lord is wanting to do in us. Dude. Dang. Dang, dang. You know what the crazy thing is? Is... The foundation of all of this, of you having even that conversation with God is relationship. Oh, yeah. Is having a right view of your heavenly father, of Abba Father. Yeah. Right? That that foundation is there, that you know that he is for you and that he is not against you. He is for you. Not against you. But that whole thing, I mean, like, if you don't have that foundation and you've had a distorted view of God, how can you approach the throne of a wrathful God? You know, yeah. like you, that, that that concept of going to a loving God and partnering with him or even being able to have a passionate conversation with him doesn't even exist. Yeah, because so there's been like... There's, a... there's no relationship. There is only law. There is do not break these rules, law, mm -hmm. live in these rules, do these things, don't do those things. And so there are many people who are shedding this, you know, spirit of, or shedding this like lifestyle of law and religion. But then as they begin to find freedom, maybe there are other voices. And when I say voices, other people influences in their life who are good intentioned, but only know to put back on yeah. condemnation and law back onto people. I know, but it all it's... comes from a distorted view of the father, right? Because we yeah. do what the Father does, or what we believe He does, yeah. right? If people think that God is calling for a spiritual abuse, that that's what people, that's what His <laughs> children are going to do. Yeah. Get the sticks, hit them. Yeah, bro, it's, it's crazy. So it, to your point about people having a distorted view of God, um, this is why, number one, this is why I, I like this podcast and this platform, because all, listen, like, all I'm doing is communicating my experience mm -hmm. with Yahweh. And that always, always, always is founded on love. You know what, you know what doesn't happen often is I'm like, Hey man, man, I got to tell you, you had this experience with the Lord and he scared the crap out of me. <laughs> he, you know, there's times where the Lord has been authoritative, right? Yeah. And it's like, whoa, reverence, awe, wonder, those kinds of things. Go get your switch, Jason. But I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot of um situations where I can I, I can even think of where the where God like struck fear into my heart to get me to change. Yeah. Fear it, is a terrible motivator, man. 
It's a terrible motivator. It does not lead to so, lasting change. And the sooner the church realizes that, the better off does, the body will be. Yeah. Psalm seventy-one, fifteen. I will tell of your goodness all day long. I will speak of your salvation, though it is more than I can understand. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will proclaim, proclaim your goodness, yours alone. I think that is where I'm at in my relationship with the Lord right now, is that I feel like all I want to do is tell of his goodness. And sometimes we do that with a little bit of an edge, right? Yeah. Like I I dropped an expletive <laughs> in this episode, Poopy. but my hope is that I can help combat some of those distorted views of, of God the Father by speaking of his goodness. How good is he that I would cry out and he would respond? I mean, how who is man that God is mindful of him? How good is he that even though I've continued in 20, from the, the moment that I knew him, I've continued in 24 more years of sin existing in my life, faults, flaws, fleshly ways. How good is he that he hasn't abandoned me? He's pretty good. He's pretty good. So then why do we preach anything other than how good he is? Because there is a fear that exists that if we don't do these things that we think we're supposed to do, more law that God is going to be mad at us or that, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. it. The way that I can, I can try and, I don't even know, man. It's just this idea of the work of Christ and what he's done and tr- the, like the true gospel of Jesus, like it is finished. Yeah. And it has been done. And there is essentially no works required of us. We are saved by grace through faith, not by works so that no man can boast. But it's all of a sudden like, Hey, we're, you're saved by grace through faith, not by works, but now you need to be sanctified by works. Yeah. It's weird. It's like you're free from this, but never mind. Just kidding. Go and use that thing to I don't yourself. know. It, it's right. It's it's, the, it's a weird. It's it's almost like a weird dichotomy that kind of exists. It's like Paul when he says, "You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you?" Let me read that real quick. Oh, foolish Galatians! I'll read it in KJV. Oh, foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched who thou, you? Bath that Sheba. ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth. Sorry, so. Basically, he's saying, are you foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Right? You you started off in the spirit, but now you're trying to sanctify yourself by by your works? Yep. You go you go defeat your sin, Christopher. You got to put that sin to death. I mean, that's no, what I've been told my whole life. If by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the flesh. Yeah. Not you, by the spirit. That means co-laboring with Yahweh... And his will for your life, coming into alignment with that, agreeing with it, and then being led every step of the way in what he wants you to do in order to def- defeat, defeat, he, eradicate, yeah. demolish the stronghold in your life. So here's the thing. So like we continue to sin because there may still be strongholds that exist in our life, right? Certain ways of thinking, paradigms, um, perversion, right? Like this perversion of love that I've brought yeah. with me in my life. That's a stronghold. It's in my mind. But he's saying, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
right? And so that's going to happen by the flat, the spirit doing a transformational work in that, me. That metamorphosis. And that's how I combat about. it, right? And so it's saying, okay, Lord, how do you want to do this? The first step for me right now— I mean, honestly, you were seeking strategy from the Lord. What do that's you, exactly what, what do I was you doing. want? And, you know, we were talking earlier about, like, all too often, we seek strategy from other people. Hey, let me go to this pastor— who then would hopefully then go, oh, let me go to God and ask God what strategy yeah. is for this person. But then oftentimes right. we just try to figure out something that might work with our good intentions. Good intentions don't transform hearts. Jesus it's does. Yeah. And so if you are a pastor or a leader or a teacher or someone that's in some sort of position of authority and someone comes to you, I would hope with an issue or problem, I would hope that in that moment you would seek the will of the Father for yeah. their life, yeah. not what you think might be effective. Right. Again, because... Or help we, lead them to the Father. Yeah, to, or, yeah, personally, yeah, lead them to it. And this this goes back to what we've been talking about even the last couple of weeks is like, well, how do I do that? I mean, I think it's engaging that spirit-to-spirit God, like yeah. our spirit engaging with the spirit, Yahweh, yeah. like... Yep. If it, you, it, this is all... It all kind of builds on it, each it's other. It's all been building. It's all been building. So, yeah, the, the difference is... Lord, how do you want to do this? And then he gives me steps. I've only taken the first step of deleting my social media accounts. First that's step just, first. That's just the first 99. step. And the other thing that he spoke to me was like being in this cocoon. And so I've just kind of been meditating on that. I haven't heard anything else for a while. Yeah. I just know that this is what he's showing me. And so I'm like saying, okay, I'm in the cocoon. I'm, you know, he, I'm dying to self. I'm silencing out outside voices. Like, you know, this, this is what's happening. So that's what meditation is. It's silencing everything around you to focus on, on one voice. Yeah. I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm okay. I'm in the cocoon. Help me to see the world through the cocoon. What is, what is happening? What are you wanting to do here? And I'm just continuing to, to focus on that. And he's going to lead me and and guide me. And he's going to bring about his will in my life as he desires it to come. right? Right. So, yeah. Thank you for putting up with all my yapping tonight. I feel like I've no, man. I mean, I feel like I did a lot of talking last episode. I so agree. this is good stuff. If if any of this is helpful, I mean, if any of this has been helpful or it's been good, man, drop us a comment. Let us know what you're what what you're thinking, even if it's you know may not be in agreement with some of the stuff that we're talking about. We'll only uh, make fun of you, and you can't say anything because you don't have a mic. Just kidding. Yeah, Jacob Miller says... Jacob Miller. Happy anniversary, Mm. Jacob. It is Jacob's anniversary. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, it's a journey. It's a journey. Sean says, journeyman. Yeah, it's a journey. Um, Jared, no, faith produces good works. Yeah, faith does produce good works. We don't do good works from the flesh. Lots of comments on Facebook tonight. Yeah, a lot of people chiming in. My buddy Ward uh, on my feed said, I think sometimes leaders also have seen so much and learned so much that they think they know what to say when someone comes to them, and they don't even realize that they're not looking to the Spirit for a response. Right. So in my struggle against lust, I have looked horizontally at all the men around me who are in recovery and who are journeying to freedom Mm -hmm. and looked at the things that they've done and tried to glean different things that people have done to get freedom. And I'm like, okay, if there's like a perfect combination of things that I can do, but every time I would do something new, it felt hopeless. Right. And even when I would, would talk to my wife about this stuff, she would always say that Jason, I think some of the things that you're doing are good, but you know, you're not going to get free unless you go to the Lord 
to do that work in you. Man, what? An, uh, let me just say, what an amazing wife, bro. Like seriously, like, uh, do you? I'm, let me. I'm a brag about her, man. Like, do you know how many women would threaten divorce and and yeah. all sorts of stuff? And I mean, and your wife is pointing you towards the Lord. That's all she's ever done. Man, hmm. talk about the spirit of God manifesting in her, and in that moment, in in maybe many moments, being Christ to you. We yeah. have some awesome wives. Yeah, man. both of us do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's all she. It, any decision I make, I'll tell her, "Hey, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about that," and she hears my ideas all day long. But when it comes down to it there are no steps ever taken in any direction without her asking me what has the Lord said about it? Yeah. Like truly. Or have you heard from, have you heard from, from the God? Lord? Yep. Right. And it's funny because I'll say, well, you know, I was thinking this might actually be a wise decision and she'll, she'll say, well, have you asked wisdom yet? <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs uh, talks about wisdom, wisdom standing yep. on the corner and, and crying out. She's like, have you engaged wisdom yet? What did the Lord say? What did, you know? Yeah. So Gosh. anyways, it's just like, it, it, but she's just encouraging me to live by the spirit. Yeah. And again, which is, in, which is very wise, very wise. Absolutely. In, in closing, it's like this idea of, of gaining freedom by the spirit, living by the spirit. It's not anything that we can manifest or conjure or control. It is supernatural relationship between God and us. And he speaks when he speaks, he moves when he moves. And I 100% believe that he wants to speak. And that if we silence those outside voices, we find that place of meditation and contemplation and silence that the Lord meets us there. Do you remember the story about Elijah and the rain, right? Mm, Or not the rain, excuse me, but I mean, anyways, it basically said that the, the Lord was in the, in the, in the still small voice. He was in the whisper. Yeah. Right. And so it wasn't this big, crazy, booming thing. It was that secret place. It was where, where it was quiet enough to hear a whisper from the Lord. I mean, it has to be quiet to hear a whisper. And so get in that quiet place, find the Lord, turn the radio off, get up five minutes early, go sit outside on your, your balcony or lay in your hammock, go sit by the lake. I mean, I'm just encouraging you to, to get out there. To just get quiet before God. And just get quiet. And even if you've never heard him before, I mean... Get out there and just be like, Lord. And if he speaks, he speaks. And yeah. I, I and mean, let me just let me just reiterate. Let me reiterate something that I've that I said last week. I mean, when you're talking to God and you're waiting for a response, I mean, the Lord speaks to us that our soul is the bridge uh, between spirit and and kind of body. Like it's how we hear God. Yeah. And so, what we do. I, I think I can speak for you is that we just trust that when we're talking to God, that he's going to respond back. Not, and we're not expecting an audible voice. We're expecting him to engage our mind and our thoughts. And it's this kind of thought that enters our mind mm-hmm. sometimes. And we just trust that, man, I'm drawing near to you. You're going to draw near to me. That's what scripture says. Yeah. And so you are going to speak to us. You're going to lead us. You're going to guide us. Yeah, and Jesus says, "My sheep know my voice." Right, you you so, know, and yeah. if and nine times out of ten, I would say if you're like, "Oh, is that me or is that God?" It's probably God. Yeah, I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna go ahead and make that statement that it's probably more likely him than it's not. Paul Paul has a thorn in the flesh. He's crying out, "Take this from me!" And he said, "The Lord said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness.'" Paul's like, "Who's that?" 
Who did that? Did I? Was that? Did I just think that? Is that Barnabas? I hate that guy. (laughs) Who? You know what What? I mean? What? What? (laughs) So, who said that? Anyways, I believe the Lord's speaking. <laughs> I, I'm just going to hammer down on that all the time. He wants to speak to you. He wants to know you. Know you. He wants to lead and guide you. He he wants um, his will for your life, and so engage him and ask him. Yes, please. Please do. Your will on earth as it is in heaven. We are on earth. He is in heaven. We are there. We can ask his will and then partner with him to make it happen here. You came from heaven. So here's the thing. In scripture says I'm already seated there with him. Am I, am I lusting in in the spirit? Seated next to Christ? You better not, you dirty boy. I'm not. So his will for me is as I am in heaven. And so right. he's going to manifest me here the way I am there. Yep. It's going to it's that heaven coming to earth. Yep. That's all I got. Yep. Are you good? Man, I'm just thankful that we have this podcast. I know sometimes it's we get it's been good. a little discouraged sometimes, but oh yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it, and it seems like there's people that are vibing and digging and agreeing. And and you know, we got several messages last week about the about the podcast episode that we had, and people just saying like, "Man, that was good," and yeah. it was resonating with me. And so that I mean, yep. anytime I'm not gonna be like, "Oh, toot our horns," but if you guys are ever feeling like anything that we're saying is red- resonating, resid. Resonating, resonating. With you, resonating with you, hit us up. Let us know. Shoot us a message. Yeah, I was going to say again, it, if you guys are live on Facebook right now and even just listening to the podcast after we've posted it, um, yeah, so I'm not on social media. Yep. So the only way I can hear from you is if you hit me up, go to saltydogspodcast.com, click on contact us, fill out the form, or just shoot us an email right to saltydogspodcast at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I want to know what's going Jason on. Jason needs friends. I do. I do. He's sad. Nah, I'm good. I just... Uh, <laughs> he yeah, said I, he does I, not I, want to be your friend. I, I'm not going to see anything that anybody says on, on Facebook uh, after we, we aren't live anymore. Um, so I don't. I won't see any of the messages either. I mean, you can still hit up the Facebook page, Messenger, and, and comments and all that. Chris will we'll see all that stuff. Yep. But yeah, yep, yep. take it a step further. Hit me up personally. Reach out. Um, do us a favor and share... Uh, the show share the episodes out to your friends um, tag your friends who you might think uh, would get something out of it yeah if you if you have someone in your life that is is questioning the way that things have always been done in the church and and just feels like there's more to this thing this relationship with Jesus I mean I think our show would probably scratch that itch and probably um, you know salty dogs do, itch scratchers do them well the itchy and scratchy show alright I'm done asking people to do stuff for us that's fine Okay. But I love this podcast. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. I do love the podcast too. And um, stay fresh, cheese bags. That's right. We'll catch you next time. Salty dogs. Out. Out.